boys, another episode of Prep Coach Podcast. You ready? Yes. Boys, how are we? Man, I am. I'm so freaking amped, man. I think I just got off the, off the uh, phone with Elise, who's obviously in Queensland for nationals, and she's just like super pumped, man. And I'm just feeling good, man. I just feel so, so grateful, so happy at the moment. I feel like everything's where it needs to be, and I'm... Um, and I'm just so excited I get to share a room with Scott Morrell. Like, what a fucking honor. <laughs> I can't wait till I get there too and then we have a nice uh, training session at World's Gym Brisbane on Saturday morning if anyone is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to tear it up. We're going to fucking tear it up. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Yeah, good. Have, have we checked what time that opens just to make sure? Uh, they'll be open. They'll be open at that time for sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. But I'm pumped too, man. Like, the weekend was amazing. Obviously, being with you guys was so much fun. And then I had the best show of my life. Like, absolutely loved it. I looked my absolute best. Mm-hmm. I loved every minute of being on stage. I loved interacting with everyone. I was pumping the other guys up backstage. I was, guys on stage weren't getting their poses right. I'm like whispering to them, telling them what pose they should be doing. <laughs> um, the veteran. I love it. The veteran. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that, man. I just, yeah, man. you know, like, it's just good vibes and we've all just yeah, so far and, and yeah, why not just, um, sure, man, for sure. just, just enjoy yourself while you're there. So it was absolutely awesome. Um, I know you guys had some people come up to, uh, saying that they enjoyed the podcast. I actually didn't have too many. I think maybe people saw that I had, uh, my blinders on a little bit and I was a little bit busy and focused on my comp in the morning and then coming back later in the day with, with clients. But, uh, you know, we even had some questions. We even had some people comment um, saying, like, I really love the pod- pod- podcast. It was so great to meet you. I was really nervous to meet Scott and MG. Do you guys ever notice that people are nervous coming up to you? Uh, it's such a weird oh, really? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's not something that, like, you're looking for when someone comes up to you. Like, for us, it was just like, like you, we forget that people listen to us. Yeah. So, and, and because, you know... You know, I love to talk to everyone. You guys know that. Um, so for me, it's just an opportunity to talk to another person. I need no excuse to talk to anyone, right? I'll, I, I just love meeting new people and talking to people. But mm-hmm. uh, it's still like pretty crazy and surreal to think that people want to come up and, and say that they listen and like really appreciate the stuff that we're putting out. And the messages from everyone's been like really, really positive, um, not just from athletes, but from, also from other coaches, which has been great to know that you know if if we're putting some positive influence on the industry or potentially improving the standard in any way, shape or form, then, you know, that's really what the three of us set out to do when we started this thing nearly 20 weeks ago, 20 episodes, man. I know. It's hey, awesome. right? That's crazy. Yeah. I think I, I didn't that, pick up any nerves. No, nah, not at all. I think it's, it's just, if anything, it's just, as you just said, it's kind of humbling to know that people a, are tuning in and supporting it, but are getting um, or are taking away some, some inform- informative, um, I guess, information as a result of it. Like people are enjoying it. And I guess I think because we've all competed, we, it's just so relatable, especially to those that are going through the contest prep at the moment. Um, but it was good to meet so many people. And um, we actually we were saying, M- MG and I, there was a, a girl, I forget her name, but we were watching, I think it was Wayne. He had just won. And yeah. she came over, introduced us, and we we're having a conversation. And then Tony was like trying to, to to get me to hurry up and come over. But um, thankfully, MG was. Um, yeah, she was there. lovely. Ta- Taylor yeah. was the name. So Taylor. Was was sorry? Taylor. Taylor. So, that's right. Thanks yeah, for coming. Yeah, 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 lovely girl. Really nice. So no, it was cool to meet so many um so many different new people, and I think just the vibe of the whole day was really good. I didn't really see anyone that wasn't enjoying themselves. Um. There was good sportsmanship across everything, like people that perhaps maybe didn't place as well as they would have liked were still, you know, conducting themselves well. And it was just, I think the other good thing is they actually didn't do too bad with the, the timing structure. They ran a bit behind and then, they, they just, you know, yeah, powered powered through. So I think all in all, it was a pretty good day. Yeah. And it would be, it'd be rude for me not to mention that I had close to five times people come up and make some reference to Christmas carols. That's fact, man. That is absolute fact. I think and I had a couple of people actually saying that they listened to him on the way there to come. Exactly, there. exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Hey, and um, I heard about what my brother did to you guys. I didn't realize he did. To <laughs> yeah, with the little Panadol um, syringe. Yeah, he had he had he had two Panadol syringes, 
and he cut out some stickers and on one of them it had sodium so he had a sodium injection and on the other one it had vodka so he bought in a sodium and a vodka injection he actually pulled scott aside and uh i was with your brother uh, Michael's brother is a, is a great guy. Frigate, but it was hilarious. And he kind of pulled Scott aside to the corner and it, it felt really dodgy, didn't it, Scott? Like, yeah, yeah, I was, I was like, <laughs> pocket to try and show me. Yeah, and, and then, then he just rips out the pocket. It's the little kids, my kids, we use them when we give them Nurofen and Panadol. It's like those little, the Panadol syringes. I'm like, what? And then he turns it to the side and it's like, it said sodium. And then he goes, and oh, I've got another one here. And it said vodka. <laughs> we broke down, we were crying. It was so funny. Yeah, it was a, it was a oh, nice man. moment. It was fun. Wait. It yeah, sounds like we're going to be getting some uh, Coach Podcast merch. We're going to have to sell some syringes and yeah, uh, some yeah. vodka, some yeah. sweet chili sauce, and uh, some maybe Christmas outfits and Christmas carols. Well, <laughs> we, did, we, we, did get, we did get Scotty's guy, Timsy, who's an absolute freaking legend. Um, yeah, he's what, a legend. What a superstar he is. Um, I know he's a listener as well, but he's top bloke. He did create us a little, um, a little uh, graphic that we can use for our podcast. Um, which is which is flattering for me and Trimboli because we both look jacked as fuck. Scotty's wearing an elf outfit. <laughs> I'm gonna post. Yeah. I'm gonna post that one up. That photo yeah. it is classic. It is yeah. so classic. He made it. Yeah. He made a graphic. It's awesome. So, yeah, no, that was very funny. It was. It was. Do you thought I did it? Didn't you when I when I sent it? Yeah, I, I did. I, I, well, I mean, both you and Trimboli look huge, and I just look like a little Santa who <laughs> goes to the gym every now and then. I've just started lifting. <laughs> Uh, we'll so show you the way. Probably, probably got our physiques right. They had the two jack guys on the outside. Of the yeah, you're a fucking weapon, mate. It's... One nah, question nah. I did get asked is, um, are we going to be running this podcast in the off-season? And our goal is to run this continuously. It's yeah. to not stop until people don't want to listen to us anymore. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, we're in off-season. Just you've been prepping. So at some point, one of us will be in prep. One won't. One will. So... It's just going to go forever and ever and ever until they run out of, until AM Sweet Chili Sauce fucking sponsors us. We're going to fucking run this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so don't worry, guys. We're going to be running this uh, on a weekly basis and uh, trying to provide you with the best information. So we're good to go. Uh, Someone yeah. asked if we're going up to nationals and um, if we have any clients that are going up. So, yeah, all three of us will be at ICN Nationals. All three of us will be coaching. Uh, I, won't, I won't be competing at that show, so we'll all be coaching. We'll both be – all three of us will be there Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, again, look out for us. Come and say hello. Don't be nervous. Um, if you have any vodka or sodium injections to give us, make sure you do that. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, we're all good. And from a client's perspective, I've got Shona, which uh, anyone doesn't know, she won the fitness overall at the VIX uh, on the weekend. I looked insane. I've also got um, Amy, which got second in her bikini open. And uh, I've got Kirsty too, which also had a successful showing at the show. So I've got three um, for the the Nationals. How about you, MG? Who have you got going yeah, I'm on? I'm coming up with Elise, who uh, had an amazing weekend as well. Um, <laughs> she won Mamas, came second in her open division. And um, and we've made some some really really great changes since the show on saturday obviously now it's wednesday so we've had four days we've completely switched the plan up we've just gone hard as hell and um the changes are, are super noticeable so i'm i'm just so excited yeah yeah she looked awesome uh i've got so i had a couple in the last couple of days pull out one of them unfortunately amanda who was actually really really sick um on the day almost didn't get up there on the saturday and she's still really really crook so She's not going to head up. Hopefully, um, she's better next week and can do NBA. But even that is just pending. But I've got Wayne, who won the overall in men's fitness, um, who will be competing in fitness. I've got Selena, who will be competing in the pro show, who's a pro fitness athlete. So he'll be on Saturday night in the pro show. And then on the Saturday, I've got Woz, who competed in men's physique over 40s, and he'll do the over 40s and over 50s category on the Sunday. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. So we're all going to be there uh, Both days. Saturday and the pro show and, and on Sunday. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so talk, we're going we're gonna to talk about nationals a little bit, but uh, a lot of people asked about VIX. And I'm just going to read out some of the questions that we got asked. And it all relates to one topic. So 
I see in Vic Bikini judging. Why the soft look? Results from ICN Vic Show. Please explain. Do you think ICN has become more of a beauty pageant? Uh, take on bikini standards and judging for ICN Vic's bikini. Uh, mixed placings. I'm confused by the weekend results. Any insight? And also there was a question about the same deal about fitness, judging, and uh, are, com are girls coming in too lean for the category? So let's tackle bikini first, and then we can uh, chat about fitness. Now, now, only myself and MG had bikini girls, and I think we're the only ones that watched it. I don't think you watched it, did you, Scotty? Bikini. No, I would have been. I mean, MG was keeping me downloaded, sending me pics, um, and I had a look at um, the photos when I got home, but I, I was driving when, when it went down, so I can't give any feedback in terms of... The only feedback I can give is I saw... Um, MG's uh, bikini girl Elise probably half an hour would you say before she's about to go yeah, on? Yeah, man, we were just we were just pumping yeah. up. And she looked she looked insane for me. She but like that's like I said to him, you, you guys are definitely going to be in the mix. So um, and she was by the sounds of it, she obviously just narrowly must narrowly narrowly missed out because I thought she looked pretty complete. But yeah, I didn't see the um the lineups. But I have heard a few people just a bit of background noise that um that yeah that there was a just a bit of uncertainty around perhaps the look that they maybe wanted, which does tend to happen in these things, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so like to analyse what my thoughts are and to basically show what I saw in the day, mm -hmm. um, and I want to more talk about not if it's a right or wrong look, because that, if that's what the judges want and that's what they want to go for, then so be it. We need to cater for that and we need to bring in our athletes to, to cater to that judging criteria, but I'm going to I'm going to draw comparisons to other states because obviously on the weekend, all the other states pretty much had their, their state shows. So in comparison to, to Vicks compared to uh, New South Wales, Queensland, recent show, and also WA, the Victorian bikini look was a lot softer uh, than those other states uh, and probably a little bit less um, muscular development and more about uh, overall genetic shape. So that's what we kind of saw and what my take, take message from what I saw on the day was, yes, they went for a bit of a softer look than, uh, than I anticipated and in comparison to some other states and also level of muscularity and even just definition, which comes with conditioning, uh, was a little bit less than what other states went for and also less than what I thought um, was going was gonna to happen on the day. We don't know the reasoning why. We'll obviously get feedback, but really it's not up to us to kind of say, well, you should have been one way than, than the other. It's up to us to understand what they want and for us to deliver athletes that fit that criteria. Now, I actually had um, a, a couple of bikini, bikini girls, uh, four to five, and uh, some of them were a softer look and some of them were more of a conditioned look. And yes, the softer ones got rewarded over the, over the other other girls but what was funny is not funny what was interesting is in previous shows for previous federations nba and a and b it was actually vice versa so this is another reason why it's always great to experience other federations cross compete and uh throw your hat in the ring uh with all the shows that are, that are there on offer especially if it's your first season um but even if it's uh you've competed before to maybe your look has changed or maybe you want to see where you're, where you're suited and where you fit because um, there's obviously, there's obviously a difference between the federations uh, and they go for a different look and, and it's good to know where you stand. I know I have clients that did ICN on the weekend that now know where they fit, whether that be ICN or not. And mm -hmm. that's what we'll be trying to achieve and, 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 and what we'll try to, um, to improve on and and nail for their for their next season, so I don't think there's anything wrong. I know people were confused and maybe even people were expecting certain placings that they didn't get. Um, but if that's the direction that they're going for in this state, then that's fair enough. We'll have to cater for that. Uh, but I think nationals is going to be very very interesting because they are going to have all the states there. They're going to have um, a variety of uh, people and the judges from different states. So it'll be really good to see uh, what is the look they go for across the divisions and the high classes and also um, 
how the Victorian team do place uh, against those other those other um, competitors from other states. What do you think, MG? Because you, you were the you were the other person that saw it on the day. Yeah, I mean, we we all, we also have to remember that not every class category and division has the exact level of comparison physiques. Mm. So if you've just got soft around the shapes, then you're going to judge soft around the shapes. I think if let's just use fitness and bikini as an example. I think if you look at the two overall winners, the overall winner was probably closer to what I would call a, a complete bikini athlete than some of the other categories. Sure. And obviously fitness shown to me is like a, 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 such a great fitness physique. So I think she freaking is absolutely spot on. So like if you look at the overall winners, they were they, they were pretty close to what I would pick as well, right? Were maybe, you know, could you be subjective and say that there were some more complete packages in, in certain divisions? Maybe. But I think, um, you know, the feedback was that, you know, the, the third was soft, second was hard, first was soft. It was like inconsistent in, but guys, that's, that's, that's the sport. That's the name of the game. You can only judge what's in front of you. And I think as coaches, especially us three as coaches, right, we are, we, we are guys who love condition. So we're always going to typically opt for that condition over, say, shape because it's, it's, you know, it's just something that we, will, we, will, we always go for. We like that look. We like the way um, it, it is aesthetically pleasing for us. So what we think is the best look isn't necessarily what someone else on that table thinks is the best look, and that's something that we've always got to, um, to understand. But I think at the end of the day, if you look at the overall winners for those two divisions, I think the overall bikini winner was definitely, you know, a lot closer to what I would pick as an overall bikini winner than some of the other divisions. But I can't quite remember who was in every other division, so the judges had to pick what they what they had in front of them. Yeah, and I think when you look at, and I think this, the point still stands is when you look at the overall bikini winner for Victoria, she was still softer than the overall bikini winners for the other states. Yeah. So I think that statement is still true in general. But you're right across the divisions. You can only really judge in what's in front of you. You have a set of criteria. Some people tick five boxes out of six. Some people tick four. And the boxes they tick may be all different. Spot and on. therefore, you have to collate it, put it together, and make a decision about what is the, who is the winner of that category and, um, and where the other placings lie. So, And, and like, and there. as coaches, right, like if, if we just use Elise as an example, right, we're fully aware going into that that um, being too hard may not be opportunistic for us, right? Mm. So, you know, backstage, we weren't going as hard as we could have. You know, in the week before this show, you know, we, we took the foot off the gas a little bit, not in terms of training or adherence, but we didn't push the plan hard. We weren't doing crazy amounts of steps. We did zero cardio. And we're fully aware that this weekend we need to get, we're going to have to bring a different look again. So as yeah. soon as that show was over, Sunday, we put the foot right back on the gas, right? We brought cardio in for the first time in prep. Um, and we're trying to really reduce... Um, you know, a little bit of body fat and composition between, say, well, today being the last day of it before we start to slowly reduce some of that stress again. So we're also aware of what, like, what to, what's to be expected in terms of what the judges like. Um, and as coaches, we're able to plan for that as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, if I was sitting here and Elise wasn't in the top five, knowing her physique and the quality of her, I would have been um, disheartened or confused. But she was in the conversation in every division. I think she's got the complete bikini look. So... At the end of the day, the, the, the thing decision is, was the decision. The thing yeah. is, too, we kind of know what the competitors are actually going to look like just looking at the other states. So yeah. you don't want Elise to look out of place because she's going to be compared against those types of physiques because sure. that's the majority. And that's the same with what I'm doing with my athletes too that are going to nationals. We're, we're foots back down the gas because we know that we've got to bring in a little bit better conditioning um, because that's what the majority of people on the stage are going to be like, and we want to be compared against like for like and not be uh, yeah. someone that just looks out of place. So this is the thing, like, judges, uh, coaches really need to analyse the situation and kind of be a little bit strategic in their approach, knowing based on what the level of competition is going to be. And we kind of spoke about this last podcast too about different shows, at regional shows and things like that is the level of competition is going to be different, what the judges are looking for may be different, and you've got to realise what they're going to be comparing against too and kind of bring in a package that's going to be competitive but fits within the criteria still. Yep. Great. And, like, I think you nailed it, man, where you said, like, if you look at who did well in some feds and was completely not even um, considered in a different fed, 
it shows that you know different judging tables want different things. Um, and you know, spare a thought for the judges as well, who at this point had been on that table fourteen hours, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a gnarly day. So, and you're not talking about divisions of four and five. We're talking fourteens and fifteens over and over and over. Uh, the lineups were massive. I, I think most most lineups were fourteen or fifteen. Most there was a couple that were around about ten. Yeah. But majority across the whole day was fifteen plus, which is crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, not that it's all about placings, but you know, if you got on the podium that day, you should be you should be pretty proud of your placing. Sure. I'm not saying proud of your day and pr- proud of what you achieved, because what you achieved <clears throat> getting on the stage and looking absolute best is is the biggest achievement of all. But um, yeah, to, to be in the mix and for the judges to like what they see and you to be on the podium against those many those many bodies is, is, is definitely a good effort. Sure. Right. Let's, um, let's talk about fitness, Scotty, because I know you had someone in fitness. Uh, I think yeah. MG, you had people in fitness. I, too. I had Dale's I had well, Shona. Yeah. Um, So someone mentioned about in, in a question was our opin- opinion on fitness. And also if we think that the, some of the fitness models are coming in too lean. So maybe Scotty, you want to touch on it because I know Amanda had absolutely amazing conditioning, and I would say it wasn't what the judges were specifically rewarding on the day. They were rewarding conditioning, but not to, to her amazing level. Yeah, I think, and that's just the way that it goes. I mean, typically, in, and this is where, as the coach, you kind of have to make a decision what you're going to go with. And as MG said earlier. Um, most people know that the the level that I uh, aim to get my athletes to come in at is normally very high from a conditioning perspective. We place a lot of emphasis on it. Obviously, it's relevant and specific to the category. But I've in previous years, you know, really good quality like elite conditioning has been rewarded. Um, and so we decided to that was the route we we're going to go uh, go down. But also for someone like Amanda, in previous years she'd been told. You need to get leaner. You need to get leaner. Um, she'd been in the conversation. She's won sports overalls, but never really been in that top echelon for fitness. And so um, one of her biggest things for both of us was that we need to bring in the best version of yourself. And we knew her conditioning was going to probably be a standout. I mean, at NBA, we got some feedback saying that her conditioning's awesome, but you know, the judges picked up some some lines in her glutes and they're like, look, for NBA, she's teetering right on the edge as soon as ICN's done. Because I said, obviously, that's the level that I well, I thought we would need to be at to be in that, you know, that top conversation. Um, again, knowing that the Queensland standard is pretty heavily weighted in the conditioning front, usually. Um, and they were, they were basically just like, look, maybe just back off a little bit the week leading into NBA nationals because she's going to get leaner again. It's going to be too lean. So... That's good feedback and we knew that. But, I mean, I thought, we both thought she, not even thought we know, she presented her best physique she could. Granted, she was actually pretty sick on the day. Um, and so we weren't able to, to potentially top her up as well as we would have liked because she was, she's physically unwell. She's actually not going to the Nationals because she's so crook. Um, and that's, unfortunately, that's recoil of being super lean in the dieting condition. But, yeah, unfortunately, we, you know, she, by no means did she not do well. She placed third in huge lineup she looked exceptional um but you know we probably hoped that she was going to go maybe too too further and you know perhaps be in that same conversation to battle out with say someone like shona who is incredible and was a very very deserving and was by far the standout in the, the female fitness division um for me but um but it wasn't to be so um she she was probably too lean that essentially she was because obviously we just we didn't get the look in where we wanted to. Um, and I think, as we discussed, perhaps conditioning across the majority of the day was probably less um, rewarded. Not saying that you didn't, you weren't, con- uh, sorry, start again. Not saying that you weren't conditioned if you won, because obviously you were to, to place first. But um, perhaps in previous shows, you know, a more leaner physique was perhaps rewarded. But at the end of the day, the judges have a tough time and they can only judge in what's in front of them. And so sometimes if you're super, super shredded, way you know, more conditioned than everyone else, sometimes that can be in your favor. And other times perhaps you can look like an outlier and perhaps you just, you know, you can, you can come across as not quite fitting the criteria. Um, and so you just have to, you take that with a grain of, grain of sand. Sometimes it falls your way, sometimes it doesn't. 
at the end of the day, this is a subjective sport. Um, and I know for Amanda, we were both super, super proud of what she presented because never in a million years, you know, for her, if you ask her, she never knew that she would physically be able to look like this and still, you know, have her EA where it is and be healthy and, and all those sorts of things. So it goes beyond just placing on the stage. But at the end of the day, when we get up there, everyone wants to win, but there can only be one winner. So um, you just have to roll with it. And that's sometimes that's just the way that it goes. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that because I know, I've known Amanda for a while and I've seen her compete for a while. She always competed up against Bridget. They were always battling it out. Which mm-hmm. was always exciting back in like mm-hmm. 2018, 2019 uh, for sports and fitness. And I can vouch for the fact that, yes, back then they did go for a more conditioned look compared to now. Um, and I don't know what it is. Speculating also don't have enough validation and data for this is that maybe post COVID there's been a little bit of a change, a shift. Maybe we're getting different competitors coming in. So we're, what they're comparing against is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I've, I've have found that. You know, the recent shows, um, the conditioning is not being rewarded in comparison to past shows, pre-COVID shows. So mm-hmm. I'm not too sure what, what the case is, but also we're just we're only basing that on a couple of shows that have happened post-COVID, you know what I mean? And also yeah. the level of um, competitors that have been uh, involved that we've only really seen these last shows, you know, this weekend, et cetera, into this season that have had big lineups. So maybe they're just... Um, I don't want to say setting a different standard, but maybe they're just trying to find their feet based on what they're seeing on stage and to see yeah. where they land. Um, but we can only, as we do as coaches, analyze every situation, analyze the results, get feedback, and uh, continuing to, to bring our clients in at their best and their best to suit the category across multiple federations and deciding which one best suits them. Yeah. Spot on, man. Uh, another question that was asked was um, for multiple age categories. So, you know, if someone is 50 plus, which I know MG had some, can they also go in 40 plus and 30 plus? And can you compete against multiple age categories? Now, I think you can. I think you're allowed. You can. Yeah, so you if you're 50 plus, you can also do 40 plus and 30 plus. Um, that's in ICN. I know that. I'm not too sure about the other feds. Um, I think their requirements a little bit differently. But, yeah, to answer that question, yeah, technically you are allowed to compete mm-hmm. in multiple age categories. The only one is is 23s is, is under 23. So that's not a plus category. That's a minus. You've got to be under. You've got to have been 23 the year of the comp. So you can actually turn 24, but as long as you were 23 the same year as the comp. That's, that's right, yeah. So yeah. if you were 23 in January but turned 24 in May, but competed in October. You were still 23 in January, so yep. you can do 23s and under. Yeah. Yep. That's for ICN, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, another comp-related question, this is related to me, and it's a little bit flattering, so I'll read it out just to boost my ego. <laughs> uh, yes. Thoughts on the... Oh, no, hang on, here it is. Uh, saw your result for ICN, and clearly you were too good. Do you think that maybe you should do WBFF or IFBB where you fit, where you'd more likely fit, uh, not these amateur shows like A and B and ICN? I think it's very, very flattering that they said that. Um, I don't consider A and B and ICN more amateur over IFBB and WBFF. They've all got their, uh, their looks they go for and their level of um, competition. But thank you very much for saying that I looked way too good. Uh, you know, for me, I looked my absolute best. You saw me, boys. I was so freaking happy. I was so happy on the day. I was just mm-hmm. like, no matter what happens from a placing perspective, I was happy. I looked my best. We improved my posing. We improved my condition. We improved my look from my previous show. And um, that's all I could ever ask for. And what happened to me? I got a bunch of appreciation medals or participation medals. I think it's um, whatever you want to call them. You know what's so funny is I didn't actually realize until I got home and I hung them up. I was like, oh, these are these are um, uh, those type of medals that everyone throws away or rips off their neck as soon as they get off stage and are really sad about. And I was just like, I'm not sad about this one bit. What are people even worried? Like, why are people sad about these things? And I think that goes to the fact that people are so, so much hang their success on their placing and not on their achievement of what they 
actually look like and looking their best. Yeah. Um, as, as we've said before, you can never, ever um, anticipate or rely on what your placing is going to be and should never hang your success on that. Yes, cherry on top would be absolutely amazing that you get rewarded and that's what they like and you get on the podium, but never hang your success on that. Always just do your best and make sure that you're happy with how you look and uh, and what you achieve in a day and wherever the chips may land, that's where they land. And if you get a participation achievement medal, whatever you want to call it, then so be it. If you get a first, then then uh, then so be it. So, and I think like anyone that knows MT knows, like he's got a lot of amazing positive things happening in his, in his life that. His happiness is not the result of first, fourth, seventh. It makes zero difference. His joy was the whole 30 weeks leading up to that point. The time he got to spend with his family on the day, the time he got to spend with Scott and I getting pumped up backstage, all the photos we would send each other 50 times a day, you know, the whole way through his prep. There's the joy right there, right, which is far above and beyond what size or colour that medal is. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that, you know, more people should try and sort of um, – base themselves around when they decide to compete is like, what am I really doing it for? Sure. It's nice to be the best. Um, and you know, you should always be striving to be the best, but as long as you're your best, that is the most important thing. Yeah, totally. You know, we can't control what happens in the day. We can't control what the judges like we can't control what competitors we're going to be up against or we can control is what we're doing. But you know, I, I will say it was nice for people to come to me and say, you looked amazing. I thought you should have won. We're ready to jump up on stage. Uh, so it's good to know that, my uh, supporters slash judges <laughs> um, thought I looked great, which is which is really, really nice. But um, you know, as I said to you boys, you know, after I got off the stage from Classic and I got my uh, achievement medals, and then we knew I was going to go into men's physique, which was a last minute decision. I had nothing to lose, and I had uh, everything to to gain and enjoy of being on stage again. That yeah. was the funnest time I ever had. I honestly loved doing men's physique. And I love being up there on stage. And I think you probably realize I had a bigger smile on my face than I did in, in classic, even though I did have a smile on my face. Uh, I absolutely loved it. And I think you guys know that um, maybe men's physique is more in my future than uh, what classic is. And yeah. uh, just based on, I haven't got all the judges' feedback, but just based on what I saw and what they went for. And also analyzing some of the other states, even though, yes, Victoria went for a softer look again in comparison to other states, and I was probably the most conditioned on stage for physique and for classic. Um, I still think that my look and my level of development and where I'm sitting at the moment and where I could probably achieve over the next couple of years with uh, some off-seasons, I still think that maybe I'd be more competitive in men's physique. Also, as we kind of discussed, you know, classic is probably has the most subjectivity to it in comparison to men's physique or even bodybuilding. There's a, the criteria is more, I want to say, structured and has less uh, interpretation to it compared to classic. And also classic is a newer division. So what they're ideally looking for yet, they probably haven't landed on. So uh, for me, as you guys know, and some people, some people already know that I'm not doing nationals. Um, for the simple fact that nationals would be there if I wanted the experience of experience nation nationals. And to me, I'm not too fussed. And also nationals is also there if I wanted to be super competitive. And I know that I'm not going to be based on the judging criteria at the moment. And I also want to wait and see, to see what happens at nationals, to see what they go for in comparison to Victoria. And, um, and then also that will help us in the future to know where I should be bringing my physique to uh, for, for those divisions. But I am still doing NBA Nationals and Muscle Mania the, the, weeks, the weeks following. So I'm excited about those. And I'm probably going to throw my hat in the ring for men's physique. But I know at NBA, I can do both. So um, it's going to be exciting. Again, I'm not too worried about placings. I'm worried about experiencing different federations because I haven't experienced those two yet. And, uh, and obviously just continuing to refine my physique with uh, the help of you boys and Scotty. Yeah, man. Yeah, and you, you do. Back to what you were saying before. I think the, the the thing that everyone should be aspiring to do as every show goes on is to just get better and better. And so, in terms of you know celebrating the process, what you were able to present on the weekend compared to your first showing. Granted, you had a long time off, but the difference was night and day. Like you looked, everyone knows you looked incredible. Um, 
And as we've all spoken about, you know, perhaps even just found, you know, maybe your calling in terms of where you're best suited to. Obviously, you know my opinion on that. And MG's the same in terms of where perhaps your future lies in men's physique. Um, and that's why it'll be cool, you know, when you jump on NBA, you'll be able to test those waters. And as you said, different federation, um, every show you do, you get a bit better, you learn more, um, you can refine the peak to just maybe get an extra 0.5% or even 0.1%. But at the end of the day, if you step on and you know that there's physically nothing more you could have done and you enjoy the process and the look is the best look that you've presented, which by far it was, then it's like, everything else is just background noise. Like, yeah, you win, that's awesome. And everyone wants to win. But at the same time, the whole re- the whole point of getting into this sport is it's just development. Like, even when you win, you're not like, oh, sweet. Some people do, they retire, I'm done. It's like, all right, where do I need to get better? What am I going to go to work on in my off-season? It's like you celebrate it for a little bit and then you just straight back to work. So, and that's kind of what this sport is. It's just, you know... You're, you're just constantly striving to be a little bit better each day than you were the one previous. Yeah, yeah like as soon as I came off stage and I was, said, boys, I'm so happy with how I look. I look my best. There's nothing else I could have done. No. What did I say next after that? I can't wait to work on stuff in the off-season. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. And started, exactly right, started talking about this. What do you reckon? This, I reckon we need to put some work in here. I reckon I need to put some work in there. Exactly. Yeah. Also, like, you know, we know you better than anyone. So, like, like I... I can vouch for, for MT Scotland too. I put my house on it that he, this man has not missed a single variable. I'm talking about meals, macros, everything to within a percent probably. Uh, he was weighing out capsicum to the freaking gram. Like like training, overloaded all the way through prep, even, even though he lost 20 kilos. If you look at his numbers, this man was pushing the limits in the gym. His intensity was through the roof. There is not a single thing this man could have done to change anything about the outcome of that show. Nothing. Nothing. He did fucking everything and and beyond. So, like, should he not be satisfied with that? He should be so fucking satisfied with that. He should feel like a fucking king because not many people can hold their hat, get to the end of the prep 30 weeks and say, I actually did fucking everything spot on. I didn't have one slip up. I didn't miss a training session. Everything was on the money. So, mate, that's mm-hmm. fucking success. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, talking about nationals, so obviously we've got nationals coming up. Next year, we know nationals is in Melbourne, right? So I see a nationals in Melbourne next year for season B, which is uh, super exciting. And uh, I know we're going to see Scotty there. Uh, he's a pro in fitness and physique. But uh, I, know you're, I know physique is, is, your, is your thing and that's pretty much what you're going to be doing. Um, and... I'll leave it up to you to discuss if there's anything else you're going to be doing. Uh, you can bring that up. But um, I'm yeah, sorry, I mean, for, for, for next year, for Nationals. Now, uh, MG and I, we're not doing it. Uh, you and I, MG, are going to be 2024. Yeah. It looks like we're both going to be in men's physique, which is awesome. Yeah. Fucking, that's going to be the best day of my life. That's so good. I tell you who's going to be fucking stressed that day, this man on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> 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 you're going to have to look after both of us, mate. Uh, yeah, I'll just be giving you. I'll I'll slap I'll slap MT's ass with my right hand. I'll slap MG's. Just, my just give hand. me like, one extra don't, injection don't of worry. sodium than you give MT. Just give me one extra injection, and I want an extra shot of monster. Yeah, that's so good. But uh, yeah, well, that's kind of how the, the seasons are going to line up now, isn't it? Because obviously, I mean, we penciled in for um for MG twenty twenty four, and obviously MT. You've locked in that you you want to go around um, then again as well, and I think I don't think that nationals has been decided where it's going to be. I know next year there's the, the Melbourne, as you said, the nationals, and then there's an Oceania show in Bali, and the worlds are going to be in Italy. Um, and guys, just yeah. remember also like A and B next year we have DFAC here in Australia. Oh yeah. yes, that's right. You're saying that. So yes. when's that? That's it's, uh, that's the worlds here in Sydney for season B. So that that might line up well for one Scotty Morel. What are the dates on that? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give you all the details after. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, we'll line you up for all of them, mate. NBA, bloody AMB, ICN. Yeah, well, I've only ever competed with ICN. So you're going to have to line you up, mate, for sure. Yeah, that's exciting. Now, someone asked about what we thought of the one day format for the VIX. And yeah, it was a long day. Um, but as we said, it kind of 
went over, then caught back up, and then went back over again. I think it was supposed to finish at 10. I think it finished an hour later, 11. By the time we got out of there, talking to everyone, taking photos, it was more like 11.30. Um, wow. But we know that uh, next year, Tony's already put out that it is a two-day format. Mm-hmm. And, and next year, they have all new venues for season A and for season B, and they're more of a stage theatre-like venue. So very similar to an A and B or an, or an uh, NBA. So I'm really excited to see what kind of show they put on next year um, for, for ICS. So that's super, super, super exciting for sure. Okay, let's move into some other things that, that maybe we I might ask Scotty about this one because you're a men's physique guy. But what is the best way to make your abs pop on stage? Tell us, Scotty, men's physique. Um, I think with abdominals as well, a lot of people can perhaps be gifted in terms of like, firstly, our muscular architecture is we have what we have in terms of what we start with. Some, we're all different shapes and sizes. So some people just genetically have really, really well developed abs, just like some people who are just gifted with like gigantic quads or girls that just have ridiculously balanced glutes and, um, in terms of that, on the other side is obviously your abdominals are just like any other muscle group. So they can grow just like your biceps can, just like your quads can, your hamstrings. But in terms of engaging them and getting them to pop backstage, I get a lot of my guys to do a um, isometric commando hold. So think and extend the push-up position, refer to that as a commando hold. Obviously, when you've got a tan on, we know in, in terms of how we're going to engage our abs we can't just lie down and perform flexion extension of the spine because we destroy our tan. So yeah. trying to find ways that you can get your abs to engage and to push blood into them as a muscle, just like any other muscle, a commando holds a really good way to do that. So the extended push-up position and then pushing your navel up to the ceiling and then squeezing nice and tight as you're doing that, your abdominals obviously have to, to help contract in order for you to not just pancake and fall to the ground. And that's a really easy way, like, 30 seconds to 60 second holds. I remember when I started doing them in my shows and people were looking at me like, what the fuck's that guy doing? Um, but I just find for me, and I'm fortunate that I do have, um, I guess, abdominals that do protrude when I'm super lean. Um, and so it helps to, to bring out that detail as well as pushing blood into there. When you sort of stand up and you come back to normal, all your veins, which obviously take away um, deoxygenated blood, just it helps to bring all that vascularity out um, as well. So... That's a little trick, but essentially you've just got to work on your abs. Like me and M- MT, we spoke about that, like just building abdominal midsection. They're just like any other muscle group. You know, if you're not gifted, it's like if you're someone who's got huge quads, you only have to do six sets of quads a week. That's yeah. great. But if you're someone like, say, us that are six foot two, six foot tall, you've got long femurs, you've got to thrash those bad boys a little bit more. So um, yeah. it's the same with abdominals, you know, areas that you perhaps need more attention. You need to just a lot more, uh, more volume toward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some, one of the things that is obviously super important is presentation on stage and about how you manage your air. So your air output as well as your air intake, right? Scott's obviously a gun at this, but Scott, you got a really good tip that um, would be good to put out there to people in terms of like, you're in your side pose for men's physique, right? And mm-hmm. what happens is we're trying to breathe, right? We're trying to let all that air out to bring out all that detail through, through the oblique, through the abs, through the serratus. Um, just your tip on um, resetting your pose and the, the, the right time to take a breath so that it doesn't um, affect the way the judges see you breathing. Yeah, so in those quarter shots, um, and this is what I tell all of my physique athletes, but it's something that I've always done. Obviously, posing is about creating shapes and we want to create the illusion that everything up top is super big and that you have this tiny, small waist. And so a way that I've been able to do that and obviously still been able to hold poses is when you're in that quarter um, side shot, when you need to take a breath rather than just taking heaps of little shallow ones, you're sort of turning away from the judges. So visualize if you're squared up towards the front of the stage, you're turning away to the side as if you're going to go and reset, you're taking some air. And then as you're coming back to, to reset your side pose, you're letting all that air out and again, resetting. But looking at someone doing that on stage, they're not just relaxing, letting their stomach and distend and just come all the way out. They're turning to the side to reset. So from the judges' table, you can't really see what they're doing other than perhaps more detail 
through your obliques and serratus because you've got more trunk rotation. And then as you come back to set it, um, obviously you let all that air out and it's a way to be able to just continually look really, really sharp. People are always like, especially the guys, switching their feet around, switching their arms. So for me, I, I encourage uh, my athletes and I do it myself. That's the, the best time to be able to take in a bit of air, reset your pose and keep your presentation um, nice and sharp. Yeah. And uh, I know we talk about this is this question specific to like abs and making abs pop if you're a physique guy or really any category, right? That you're allowed yeah. to have abs in. And I think the biggest, most underestimated thing, and if you were on stage on Saturday, you would have felt this, but if you have not done any posing conditioning, mm, right? Yes. Done any posing conditioning and you think that you can just do one round every seven to 10 days for 20 weeks leading up to your show and that's going to do the job. You are gonna, you are gonna fail. You're gonna suffer. It's gonna be tough up there. I like ask MT on the weekend, man. How many times you went around and around and around? If you haven't been practicing your posing, it's gonna show big time. Oh, in in that first, I think it was my first ever classic cl class, the novice. We did four or five minutes, rounds. Man. Yeah, yeah, it was five like twenty, rounds, it was twenty minutes. Rounds. Yeah, four or five, and then and you, on stage and then on for opens, and then you've also pumped up, so you've got a little bit of out of breath from all your pump up. So yeah, like you need to practice your posing, you know, especially for the females too, where they need to have that really, really narrow waist. They need to practice the fact of uh, drawing that in and keeping that in the whole time. So posing practice and obviously ab training and, um, and breathing control and resetting poses is probably the good, some good takeaways there for sure. Yeah. I did the reset and the breathe. Many times, many times we saw you, we, we yeah. commented on it and you did yeah, it beautifully. Because yeah, yeah. yeah you run out of breath, right? You're, you're pushing all the air out. You're trying to crunch your abs. You need to breathe, right? <laughs> you do, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely good tips. Thanks, Scotty. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, someone asked, um, what, what is the best food to eat for pump-up? So we kind of experimented with me, didn't we, Scotty? Um, and what we found, not so much pump-up, but we did, but more about show day. For me, it was... I think I need to keep it real simple with the foods I intake. Like, you know, generally you might have a, a, a rice and, you know, protein meal, you know, to get oh, you yeah, in the morning or whatever that may be, or, or a cereal or something mm -hmm. like low fiber that has some protein in it and some carbohydrates. But then we found with me and my digestion and also my water intake on the day and just making my stomach feel as comfortable as possible, rice cakes, jam, peanut butter, salt tablets, rice cakes, jam, peanut butter, salt tablets. That was pretty much what worked best for me. And we saw that, that that's all I pretty much had since I got to the show and then got on stage all those multiple times. I kept just repeating that process and it worked really, really well. So we kind of spoke about maybe that's what I need to do for, for as soon as I get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You're essentially just trying to find something. Firstly, foods that you know agree with you, foods that are easy to digest and ideally lower in volume so that you don't have a bulk amount of food in your stomach. And that's the advantage of ensuring that you've got ample carbohydrate going in in the days prior, training's regressed. So muscle glycogen stores are all the way topped up so that essentially you don't really need to eat a lot on the day. You shouldn't because, again, that carbohydrate just doesn't fade away into the abyss. It's there. And as soon as you start pumping up, um, you should be good to go. Obviously, we, we try and push in a bit more on the day. But, yeah, you, you just need to find foods that, you know, agree with you. But typically... You know, rice cakes are so good because you could eat 60 grams of rice cakes and feel like you've just eaten nothing because they're just yeah. super, super light. And it's easy, you know, a condiment like jam or if it's honey, peanut butter, if you're looking at slowing the digestion down with some fats is obviously also um, advantageous. But I wouldn't be, in, I guess, introducing a wide scope of foods. Just keep it very simplistic and foods that you know agree with you. Um, and make sure that, you know, you know exactly how much you're pushing into from a, a food intake perspective. You know, if you're on at 12 o'clock and you're looking at pushing in like 350 grams of carbs and you've been on 100 grams of carbs your whole prep, there's a fair chance that your body's not going to love the drastic increase in food. So it all needs to be relative. There's no like you should have 150 grams or you should have 200. It's very specific and individualized um, to, to the athlete themselves. Yeah, also too is... um. Depends on the time you're on. So like our bikini goes on at like seven, eight o'clock. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and also too, what we found for me and also I utilized on the day with a client is to get a bowel movement going to have some caffeine. So I know in the morning I felt like I needed a bowel movement. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I got down two coffees and, and then it worked. And then on the day two, I, I asked my clients, like, had a bowel movement this morning? Yes, no. And one of them hadn't. And I was like, well, let's go get a coffee. She's like, I don't drink coffee. I was like, okay, let's get some pre-workout into you. So we got some pre-workout into her, like well before she was supposed to be on stage. Like we're talking hours and hours and hours before. Did mm-hmm. the half an hour bowel movement, done. So yep. sometimes there's things like that you, you need to utilize. Yeah. And you guys, you should feel comfortable to talk about this stuff with your coaches, right? Yeah. Ask yeah. For, you for sure. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Bowel movements, periods, all that sort of stuff. Like if you can't have those conversations and if you're not having those conversations, and they're all pieces that you should be tracking all the way through anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was show day food. Someone asked, what have, what have you eaten post-show as a meal? Now, I haven't been post-show yet. But what about you boys? What have you typically eaten post-show? Uh, post my last show, man, because um, Scott and I hadn't made a decision on what we were going to do next, kind of until we got the results of that show, which was the season A show where, what did I do, 30 plus, so 130 plus came second in the open. We decided we weren't going to go to do the nationals. So I just went down the road with the family and just had like a focaccia and chips, which was, man, the best thing because it was so shit. It was so fucking disappointing um, that it just, it, no, seriously, it was so fucking shit. I remember. Yeah, it put me off wanting to have anything else that wasn't really. So you know what I, you know what I did, man? Obviously, we went straight into a recovery diet. And, man, it was just fucking amazing eating a, a lot of the same shit that I'd been eating, right? So, like, you know, my muffin and eggs meal. Two extra muffins, cereal, instead of having 90 grams, 150 grams with four Yopros instead of two Yopros. Like just getting some volume back in was was the best part of it. And having that first meal being like such a dog shit meal was probably the best thing that happened to me, man. Everyone I've spoken to that had a post-comp meal never, n- never lives up to what they expected. And they always feel crap from a digestion perspective afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I only had half of it, man, which is like, Shocking, all right? Like st- I was starving, but it was just so shit. I was like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to wait till I get home and just like have the best bowl of oats I've ever had. Yeah. How about you, Scotty? Yeah. What have you had post-show? Uh, my last show, I was in Adelaide. And so, I, unfortunately, I was on my own um, because my wife was at home with our newborn and, and with Harvey. But I think everyone's probably going to find this really lame. I had, and again, I tend to allocate a pretty high-fiber meal before my athletes go and actually have their meal meal just to get a bit of satiety in there and also to prevent, if you've been dieting for, say, 30 or 40 weeks, the risk of just eating like an arsehole is very high, especially when there's no more, you know, haven't got anything that you're aspiring towards. So I think I had like, would have been, it was like 400 grams of rice, a huge amount of veg, some steak, banana, and like barbecue sauce, which most people like what that sounds like a horrendous but at the time i remember being like fuck this is living but in my head i'm like i'm getting in some protein i'm getting in some fiber the potassium and the banana and a coconut water um and then i think i just went to my brother's place after that he lives in adelaide and we just had a just a tomato pasta and i just kept it really light i just similar to mg i didn't have any real desire because my food i'm fortunate enough i'm not able to eat up my food's pretty high at the back end i just would prefer to eat more of stuff i don't think i went for my last prep, I don't actually think I had a like a meal that I hadn't prepared out for at least probably four or five weeks purely because I just know what my being a celiac as well, but I know what my digestion's like. If I was to go and get a pizza or just eat out, I'd just feel fucking shit out. So, you know, I'd make a homemade pizza instead just because at least that way I know that I'll enjoy it. I'm not going to spend all night, you know, feeling horrendous. So I think it just depends on the individual, how long you've been dieting for. Um but all three of us aren't food motivated. Yeah, um, exactly. If you are going to go out for a big meal, I think it's definitely advantageous to get a really good quality meal into you before you go out. So like maybe a heap of, like all my guys are going on Saturday that are finishing up their, um, their shows. Before they go out and eat, they've got a meal that they'll eat before they go out. And that's also to help them. A, it'll curb some of that hunger. And as they're attending their dinner, that fiber and the fats that are in that meal um, will will help slow things down and they actually won't be overly enthused to just eat stupid. So I'll probably eat something and, again, I'm doing them a favor because they're not going to spend all night on the toilet or vomiting. Um, and then the next day, again, they wake up, they're kind of full. The food's come up heaps because they're in a recovery phase. 
So that desire to just eat stupid isn't there. I'm not saying you can't go out, but um, I think just those little tricks can be can be useful so that you just don't feel sick. Because you've got to remember, you've treated your body like a temple for 25, 30 weeks to just expose it to a wide variety of stimulus. And if you think about, like let's say if you're a female and you're on 40 grams of fat at the back end or 30 grams of throughout your prep and you go out for like a burger and chips and you get a milkshake and a donut, you're having like 200 grams. That's like 7x the amount of fat in one meal that you would normally have in a day. That's your week's intake. So there's just no way that your body's not going to say fuck you as a result of consuming that. And then, you know, you just end up feeling sick. It's not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. But that's a good tactic about having a meal post-show uh, in your bag, ready to go, scoff that one down, and that should uh, help you help you out for the rest of the night. Yep. If you having a post-show meal. Mm-hmm. Um, next question was, when do you drop cardio uh, d- during or after prep? Now, during is a different topic. Let's talk more about after prep. When do you drop cardio? Yeah, so it just depends on how much the person's doing, right? Like, there's no blanket rule of like, you drop it immediately or it's all gone two weeks out. I try to just taper things back, similar to how the reverse diet works. So if I've got someone who's doing three sessions a week, I might say, all right, let's just continue with two, get through the first two-week block, we'll bring it back to one. I mean, it's all going to be based on rate of gain, right? And what we're trying to achieve there. So at the end of the day, it's just a tool to expend energy, expend calories. So as long as my um, rate of gain is where I want it to be, the sooner I get it out, the better. I've also got clients who just love doing it. And sometimes I like to keep it in there a little bit longer for, for, for mental stimulation as well. So um, yeah, no, no sort of set time as to when it comes out, but you know, will it eventually come out post recovery, past reverse? Yes. Yeah. I, I normally look at it like, Depends how much they were doing in, in their comp prep, but I'm trying to look at reducing it by half uh, straight off the show or to a reasonable level. So, like, yeah. let's say, for instance, they're only doing 12K steps for their prep. I'm not going to say, okay, now you've got to do six. Like, half is – they probably do that just by walking around the house. So, something reasonable. So, obviously, you'd, I'd go with half, or if half is way too little and just ridiculous, then back to a reasonable, comfortable, active level. Yeah. That's sustainable. Yeah. How about you, Scotty? Yeah, pretty similar. If it's prescribed cardio, like X amount of duration or calories on a specific um, implement, I'll typically, like, say if they were doing five days of cardio a week, um, which is really rare, um, but if they were, then I might say, okay, we're just going to drop it back to two or three days for the first week. If you were doing 60 minutes, you're going to do 30 minutes um, just to keep a little bit of... Um, I guess output in there in the sense that you push food up quite aggressively as well. It just helps with nutrient partitioning. But I also factor in the, I guess, the mental headspace of the athlete as well. Like in the past, I've had um, athletes, more so females than males, that are just like, hate the gym. I'm so sick and tired of doing cardio, whatever. And it's like, well, if you really hate it that much, um, we can bridge that deficit gap by let's just take away your cardio, maybe just do it once or twice a week, a 30-minute session or whatever, or We'll just focus on steps instead of having a, a six or seven hundred um, bump of calories. It might just be like three fifty or four hundred, and you're taking away the expenditure. Because the other thing is as well, towards the end, training can be a really arduous task. Or cardio, it's monotonous, and um, and so from that perspective, wanting to just them to not feel like they have to go and do that, um, that sometimes is kind of a relief for some people. So. It's, it's normally going to be very case dependent, but usually, as you said, at least half it. Um, and then as soon as you can, try and, and get rid of it purely from the perspective that it's just a tool that you can use, especially in prep. It's not to say that it's bad. It's not to say that it's bad to use it in the off-season. It can be good for cardiovascular health as well. Um, but, yeah, you, you don't want to be doing tons of cardio, um, I don't think, in, in the improvement season. Yeah. It's also sometimes got a place for like appetite stimulation too deep in the off season. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Like Scott now, it's just it's just a tool and you don't want to have you don't want to be using all these tools at a time when you're gonna need them at a much more important time when prep comes. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, we've got we've got another question about prep. Uh, how to keep faith in your coach when their nutrition protocol makes you eat under seven hundred and fifty calories in peak week with no rest days for ten plus days straight? until I'm two days out. Simply, how can I sustain this? 
So can't. 750, <laughs> under 750 cows in peak week, no rest days until two days out. I think with that, you, you need all the information. Firstly, that's very, very, very low. Um, I've I've heard of say I've heard of some really like top tier pro bodybuilders, and again, they've been coached by really good coaches that have been digging on like this is say you got a week in between shows or two weeks, and it's like we need to refine you having to dig down to like 1100 doing cardio twice a day purely because that's what it's taking for them to lose that. That's super extreme. But I think at some point you definitely do run out of, um, you run out of rope. But if it's a female things like if you're having to go that low, is adherence being matched hundred percent of the time? Because obviously if you're going that low, unless you're like, there's nothing left on you, in which case you shouldn't be doing that. Um, then perhaps something doesn't, maybe quite add up. Uh, but I mean, if you're hormonally, if you're intact, you've still got a cycle and you've still got a large amount of fat mass on you, all those things would be hard to, I guess, to, to identify or to know whether that's the case. But I think that's just what, that's way too low. Uh, yeah. I think we all get fixated on, like there's a lot of people who be like anything below 1200 is super bad, but sometimes you just, like at the end of the day, a contest prep is, isn't inherently healthy. It's not designed to be, you don't do it for health purposes. Um, but provided that you transition out via recovery phase, then and you're not going to super extremes. But if you're like broken, you know, you've lost your cycle, you've got amenorrhea or, or oligoamenorrhea, um, and you're just hating your life, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, and their mark is that something's not quite right. But I, I personally have never heard of anyone like dropping below like nine, you know. 800 calories or anything like that and doing cardio, especially 10 days out. Um, I think if you're not lean enough by that stage, you just, you either started prep perhaps a little bit too heavy or perhaps you just didn't manage it quite right from the get-go, in which case perhaps you just need to, sometimes you've got to pull the pin and then reset, move the target back and then go again. There's nothing wrong with that. So just think of it as though maybe it's just, it was a long mini cart reverse out, get yourself to a better place metabolically and also a better starting point. I think so something that we're getting better at within the sport is people are starting to realize that if you start prep in better condition and you reduce the net amount of fat you have to lose, the prep is a lot less invasive. You can, you can eat more throughout the prep. You can have more diet breaks, which allows you to potentially hold on to more hunger on the way, on the way down and leading into those shows. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they're trying to play catch up. Yeah, and and you, if if you're not ready at that stage, then you you're just not yeah. ready. Yeah, which sucks and it stings, but yeah. What do you boys think? What what would you what would be your, what would your response be if this was a athlete who was already in tip top condition? You'd be fucking concerned. Oh, like, why are you going to those extremes? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the the biggest things when people are ready. I feel like there's a. Almost like, I don't know whether it's a, a necessity or like whether they feel like we've got to push a bit more, fish more. At the end of the day, it's about, you know, give and take. If you keep taking and taking, you're going to pull from the other string, which means that you might get a little bit leaner, but there's also a really, 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 really strong chance that you're also losing quite a substantial amount of tissue, of quality tissue in the process. So sometimes like if you've got someone that, let's say that they don't have boxed in glutes, but their upper is awesome and they've got that size and you're like, I'm going to try and pull those extra two kilos and get the glutes in. If you get their glutes in, but it's at the detriment of their upper body, which was a strength, is now no longer a strength and they've lost size there, then I think you've got to weigh up like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. Like I'd, you'd probably rather just say, let's just go in with a bit, bit more size. Glutes aren't boxed in. We'll wear that because we know that if we go, we dig that extra bit more. We're going to lose that fullness and that size that we had up top. So we're not going to be competitive at all versus now, you know, you might be competitive from the top half and maybe not so much in the rear shots, but you just wear that. So I think it's, you've got to sort of pick your, um, you've got to pick your battles. Yeah. I think one of the things that like we see sometimes is like potentially if you haven't been, if you're like maybe new to coaching or that we see the mentality is that like the closer the show gets, the harder you have to go which is just not the case at all. Like at the end of the day, it's, no. most of the time, it's actually the reverse. It's like you want to start to reduce some of the stress of, you know, everything that the athlete's been through over the past 20 or 26 weeks. But you know, a lot of that comes with experience too. The more times you've done it, the better you get at it as well. 
Yeah, and, and understanding that when you suck someone down super low, the lower that you take them down, the longer it's going to take them to bring them back to life. Um, and yes, you've got, to, you've got to get super flat to get lean, but at the same time, when someone's ready, the physique's going to look so much better if you can bring it back to life and then again, eat up into the show, bring food back to maintenance, um, and then obviously slowly try and, even if it means that you linearly start to increase over the period of two or three weeks, if you have that luxury time-wise, um, and then I'd also argue there's the possibility that perhaps in doing that, training performance is a little bit better and you may even be able to, to potentially gain back some of that tissue that you might have lost on the way down. Yeah, every time I've done that with an athlete where they're ready early and I'm fed them up, they've only just looks better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, only ever looks better. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, we uh, we might leave it on there on that note. Yeah. Uh, I know we Good. have... Uh, some packing to do and some preparing to do for our trip to, Mate, we're to Brizzy. Let's 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 try and come back with three pro cards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're flying up tomorrow, aren't you, um, MT? What was that? Sorry. You're flying up tomorrow, aren't you? I'm flying to, tomorrow, Arvo. Yep. Yeah. Got, got yeah, pretty much packed and ready to go. But uh, I've situated myself next to uh, the Brisbane. World's Gym and a supermarket because I'm going to be there for a couple of weeks. So I need to put myself in a position where I, I can conveniently do things that actually matter. And I haven't put myself next to a beach or next to the venues. I've put myself, you know, where I need to be. So yeah, I'm going to be there for a couple of weeks and uh, I'll be living, just be living life like I've been living life here, but just there. Looking forward That's to good. I'm looking forward to getting some warm weather up there. I think it's 26 every day. Oh, jeez. Anyways, super excited for the weekend. Super excited to see you guys spend time with you, coach alongside you, and train with you also, and obviously meet uh, some of our our supporters, two people that people that listen to the show. So, uh, if anyone's there and they see us, please come up and say hello, ask us any questions, and uh, we'll be keen to hang out too. Sounds good. That's it, boys. Yeah, safe travels. We'll see you boys up there. Done. See you guys.